that Hanukkah is the only mitzvah that we have when it comes to the menorah that is so focused on publicity. Every other mitzvah we have, it's a mitzvah for itself. You do the mitzvah, when you put on tefillin, you don't have to show people you're putting on tefillin. It's about doing the mitzvah. The menorah is the only mitzvah that we have that is focused on publicity. That's why in the beginning, actually, they used to light even outside their homes, in windows. It was all about attracting people. Why was that? Why is that, excuse me? Is because of what the menorah was coming to fight. In the times of the Greeks, there was rampant assimilation. So what was the menorah coming to say? It was coming to remind other Jews about coming back to their roots. So that's what the menorah is all about. It's about fighting assimilation. And that's why it's so public. What's very interesting is that there's a pirush called the Sukkot David, which says that if you notice on Hanukkah, a lot of people don't even know this halacha because most people think God light the menorah. But let's say what happens, somebody doesn't light the menorah. He, has a, he doesn't have a menorah in his home. He doesn't have candles. He doesn't do menorah whatsoever. He's not observant. Zero. Nothing. He's allowed to make a blessing. According to halacha, he makes a bracha when he sees the menorah. He makes the blessing. Even if he's not lighting the menorah. Which means, for example, we have these big menorahs from Chabad all over the neighborhood, right? And all over Israel. You have like all over the place, right? If a not observant Jew who does not light the menorah walks by this random big menorah in the street, he makes the bracha. I mean, if he doesn't have the menorah in his house, I'm assuming he doesn't know that he makes the bracha. He doesn't know the halacha. But let's say he would know the halacha is he's allowed to make baruch atah Hashem and he's allowed to say that it's a mitzvah that it's not just about lighting it it's about that we're celebrating the miracle that was done by our forefathers. You're commemorating two ideas. Yeah, one you're commemorating the miracle and one you're, you're, you're actually making the bracha on the lighting. Oh, so it's two different... Yeah, you're commemorating two different ideas. One, you're commemorating that you're lighting the candles or the menorah, and the other one, you're making a bracha on the miracle that Hashem did to our fathers. That's very relevant today for the boys in tanks in Gaza when they can't get out of the tank for Bechler. Yes. They can look out because Chabad does have menorahs uh, all over Gaza. Yes. They do. Yes. Yes. No, so they would look up. Yes. That's a fantastic point. The soldiers should know that because I don't think a lot of people know this halacha. If the soldiers see a menorah that is lit, they're allowed to make the bracha. Not just allowed, they should make the bracha. Yes. I also heard from, I think it was Rabbi Rodgers, that in the time of the Nazis, they used to Wow. That's very interesting. Very interesting. So another interesting halacha. What? You only need one light. Right, this one. Yeah. And also, it doesn't pass me to the airplane. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Very interesting. So it says like this. What happens if the person only has, let's say he's traveling, whatever it is, if he only has enough lights and it's coming Shabbat, and he only has enough either to light candles for Shabbat or to light for Hanukkah. What's the Psaq? Is he lights for Shabbat. Why? What's the reason behind the Psaq? Shalom Bayit. What did we say is the reason for what, what did we say originally we know from Tzurba? What's the reason why you would light Shabbat candles? It's for Shalom Bayit, right? To make sure that there's light in the home. Today we have electricity, but back then that was the light in the home. So if there was no Shabbos candles, you can't have Shabbos, there'd be no light. How would they have the Shabbat meal? So... What's fascinating is that there's a story of the Chafetz Chaim which brings this out very well. That the Chafetz Chaim, one time somebody came to his house to see the Chafetz Chaim light the menorah, right? 
and he's sitting there and he's so excited, it comes the time, and he knew the Chavetz Chaim was very meticulous about the time to do every mitzvah. So he sees exactly the time comes to light the menorah, and the Chavetz Chaim doesn't move. And he's sitting there and five minutes go by, ten minutes go by, he's not doing anything, and he's sitting there, he's looking, he's wondering, is something wrong, does he know? Maybe he should tell him, but he doesn't want to be disrespectful, because he assumes the Chavetz Chaim knows, and he doesn't move. Way after the time you're supposed to light menorah, meaning if you're lighting at the specific perfect time every night, the Chavetz Chaim's wife walks in, and right away the Chavetz Chaim gets up and he lights the menorah. So the Chavetz Chaim sees that he looked very confused, right? So the Chavetz Chaim looks at him and he says that my wife was on a journey, she was a traveling, and I was waiting for her to come back to light with her. Because you see, even though that the menorah should be lit at a certain time, and that's so important, and we get so stressed about the halacha, and yes, he didn't light at the most ideal time to light the menorah, it's more ideal that he would know how much pain it would cause his wife to not be there by the menorah lighting, so he pushed it off for his wife to come home. And you're talking about a gadol who, a giant in Torah, who knew all the halacha much better than we do, and he knew that that was the right thing to do at that time. Okay? Now we're going to end off with this story. Can you gain benefit from the, from the light of the menorah? No. Only the shamash. Only the shamash. Yeah, you can't use the light of the menorah. So you're not, like, you're not supposed to read yeah. by the Hanukkah. So if it's dark, I had this, this to happen. Where it was dark, and people were reading by the Hanukkah, you can't do that. By Shabbos, like you can so that's a big reason also yeah that's a big reason also why you'll notice that we light the shamash even though with the oil candle with the oil menorah it's totally useless right because the shamash you're using it's very funny today if you look at what we do somebody takes a candle and then they're lighting the menorah and the candle that they're using if it's an oil menorah he's lighting the shamash the shamash is useless right you're not even so what's why are you lighting a shamash if you're not it's not lighting anything and then you have to blow out the candle that you were using it's like you have two shamash yeah Really? Exactly, that's actually what I was about to say. Yes. So what's the reason why you light the shamash if seemingly it's useless? Is that if somebody would go and sit down by the menorah and they wouldn't know and they would start reading, it's ma'urav, it's mixed. The lights are mixed together and he's sort of now using the shamash and the menorah, so it's fine. No, but, you can, no, but you're not supposed to. Meaning that's only if there's someone who's going to walk in and doesn't know. Yeah, no, no, ideally not. May I ask one question? Yeah. I missed something at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, no worries. But I have a question. I saw, I noticed that there are people who are in our building, and they are a lot of building. By the way, they are from Chabad, and they are like me again. It is very nice to check also a lot of people to see it. Yeah. There's one question. Every time I ask them on purpose, you say every time Shechianu. What is the purpose? You only can say it once. Maybe you just. You say Shechianu every night? No, no, no. Let's say it's the first night. Yeah. Oh, if it's the first night, do you say Shachianu multiple times? So I think I think we actually had this discussion when it came to lighting the menorah in shul because the idea there's two different ideas of the menorah. Okay, 
there's one with the menorah in your home, and then there's a public menorah. And those are two different things. When you light the menorah in your home, the main mitzvah is lighting the menorah, which actually why the halacha is that let's say, for example, you light the menorah in your home, this probably happens every single Hanukkah to everyone, and then a candle blows out, right? Let's say you left the window open, a gust of wind comes in, a candle blows out. You're supposed to relight it. You are supposed to relight it. If it, was, if it didn't burn for half an hour after the stars came out, yeah. If it didn't burn for half an hour after after the stars came out, you're supposed to relight it. But you don't need to relight it, which means you should. And therefore, like today, where it's not a big deal, you absolutely should. But it's not necessary because the mitzvah that you did already was that it being lit. That you lit the candles, you did your mitzvah. You already fulfilled your obligation. Now, even if it blows out a millisecond later, you did it. Okay? So, but the menorah in the street, it's a different mitzvah. You're publicizing. So every time you light it publicly, and there's a different group of people that are walking by and ooing and aahing at the menorah, that's a different mitzvah every time. It's a different publicity. So for example, in shul, just so you know, the interesting halacha, in shul, the guy who gets up to light the menorah, and he says, Shehechianu the first night, he still says Shehechianu at home, even though he just lit it, because you asked the same question. It doesn't have to be 15. So it's two different mitzvot, because one in the shul, he's lighting, it's a public menorah, and the whole point of that menorah is just to publicize to the minyan and whatever, to add publicity. And then at home, he's doing the mitzvah of lighting the menorah. That's the idea. Yeah. And now we end up with a story. Okay? There, is a, there was a couple, excuse me, in 1938 that was fleeing from Berlin. Their names were Judah and Regina Greyer, and they were sitting on a train, and their kids' names were Arnold and Ruth. Okay? They're sitting on this train. 1938, Kristallnacht just happened, and they're fleeing Germany, okay? He was a, a cantor. He was very passionate about Judaism, and it was the eighth night of Hanukkah, okay? So he's thinking to himself, even sitting on this train, they're fleeing, and they're actually about to come to the German-Dutch border, which they know is literally the gate of life or death. If they don't get through that border, they're dead. And they know that the Germans, the Nazis, are checking everyone's passports, everyone's papers, and they're, it's obviously, you could imagine, an extremely intense situation. Lo Aleinu, we should never know. So he's thinking to himself, while he's sitting on the train, his wife is looking at him, and she's very agitated, he's very upset. So she asked him, what's wrong? He said, I, I just, it bothers me so much that we're not lighting the eighth night of Hanukkah. We're not going to have, we're not going to light the full menorah. It's really bothering me. And she's looking at him and his kids also. They're like, are you nuts? Are you insane? It's like, you're about to go through... Literally, your life is hanging in the balance. You could come to this border, God forbid, and very easily, not even like far-fetched, the Nazis could realize you're Jewish, you're not able to go, that's it, you're dead. And you're worried that we can't light the eighth light of Hanukkah? And he says, yeah. And it really, it's bothering his kish because he cannot swallow this reality. They come to the border, and sure enough, the train stops, and the SS officers board the train to start checking everyone's papers. And you see everyone is like, you know, anybody who's fleeing is, you can't imagine. Your heart is like, it's, it's really a scenario you literally cannot imagine. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, all the power goes out. On the platform, on the train, the power goes out everywhere, okay? And it pauses the check because they can't see anything. Literally pitch black. This guy, Judah Greyer, he sees his opportunity. He jumps up the second the power goes out, literally like as if he was waiting for it. He jumps up, goes into his bag, takes out his menorah, takes out his candles, and he lights them on the windowsill, and he makes the bracha, and he lights the menorah, and he's so happy. He's insane. All of a sudden, yes, he's totally insane. All of a sudden, 
the Nazis you see from the, the platform, they see this light on in the window and they come running. You hear literally pounding boots. Soldiers come storming towards his, his cart. He literally lit it in the window. Forget even like hidden by something. He lit it smack in the window facing the platform. They come storming in and they look at him and they say, wow, you were smart enough to bring travel candles. That's amazing. And they use his menorah to check, which we know you're not allowed to use it. So I guess he had a shamish. But the Nazis used his menorah to check everyone's papers. And not only did they not kill him, they thanked him for bringing the candles so that they could do the check. Because to them, all that matters was that they did their job, that they were efficient and they were able to do what they needed to do. So they thanked him and they said, thank you, Mr. Greyer, handshake and everything. Thank you for bringing the light so we could check everyone's papers. And that's it, they were saved. Right? And I believe they moved to New York. We heard that this story is from his children said the story. This is not job. <laughs> so that, he told his son, he leaned over to his son, he told him, you should know a miracle, Nais Karapo. Nais Hayapo. There was a miracle that happened over here. Okay? So God willing, we will witness miracles. We will see only good things, reveal things. Remember, it's not our might, it's not our strength, but rather it is our spirit that will bring us the final redemption, that we will see only good things. God willing.